0: The Accelerator Podcast is here. I'm your host on tap, Monty King, inviting you to leave ordinary in the dust. Every next level of our lives demands a better version of ourselves. Our guests will inspire you to close the gap. What doesn't happen by design happens by default, so the content on tap is created for listeners to learn and grow. Visit us online at whatsontap.tv or find us on your favorite podcast platform. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, tap five stars and drop us a review. Hit the notification bell to never miss an episode and share your favorites to help others outrun the status quo. Let's get started. Welcome to the Accelerator Podcast. I'm your host on tap, Monty King, and our guest today is Grady Phillips, uh, Senior Director of Workforce QA formerly president of Corporate Medical Services, also known as CMS. Thank you for joining us today, Grady. How are you doing?
1: Good morning, Monty. Doing well. It's a, it's a great short week and uh, just enjoying the weather down here in Tennessee. How are you doing? I am doing right about amazing. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it.
0: So look, let's dive right into it. Tell us who Workforce QA serves and what problems you solve.
1: Sure. Workforce QA, uh, just like my previous company, CMS, is considered an MRO TPA. So that's medical review officer and third-party administrator specifically for driver testing. And so the problem we solve is the most important uh, part of every load, which is the driver, and just doing verification compliance checks on that driver, uh, anything from drug and alcohol testing to uh, DOT physical management to sleep apnea. And we're even working on being a full-fledged background check company by the end of the year
0: wow awesome okay so there's a lot of services that you guys provide which is fantastic um but this may be a simple question but with all the legalization that's going on you know with marijuana et cetera, i mean do you think drug testing will continue to be a requirement
1: yeah yeah, COVID. We're seeing major up spikes in and drug use and abuse, uh, particularly. But you're mm-hmm. right, and there are you know continuing valid cases for where we are in THC, how we test for THC, uh, how we measure impairment. Uh, luckily, I think uh, for all of us, the federal government is still taking a stance on uh, the conservative approach, which is to totally eliminate THC uh, from uh, truck driving and from the ability to do that, simply because. Uh, allowing it uh, would create impaired drivers on the road. And that's not a risk that hopefully any of us are willing to take with, with tractor trailers. Uh, But, you know, other drug use is spiking, uh, seeing a lot of, a lot of other abuse. So unfortunately for the time being, I think drug, drug testing is still uh, definitely part of our lives. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned an uptick uh, since COVID and it, it makes me wonder, you know, is, does with the clearinghouse now into effect, is that removing more drivers off the road than before it was enacted, or what's your thoughts on that?
1: Or what are theoretically, you the answer is no. In reality, I think it's definitely yes. We're seeing the actual number, and I think uh, as people see that number climb higher and higher, it's definitely scary, and it's certainly convenient that the the clearinghouse, which uh, as of their March report, still has about 130,000 drivers that are in prohibited status. Uh, that that's similar to the driver shortage, which I think is last time I heard is measured around 70,000 drivers. Uh, but again, in theory, the, the Clearinghouse didn't change any regulations. Nobody who had a violation suddenly uh, you know, became uh, uh, non-employable or prohibited as of the Clearinghouse. It's just the Clearinghouse made that information more easily available. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it it certainly uh, increased the allowable safety for carriers to be able to quickly determine if a driver uh, should be prohibited or not. So it's really just, you know, marked what we've all seen. And and that uptick uh, has certainly shown, I think, uh, you know, this time last year, it was maybe around 100,000 drivers, uh, you know, the discussion that we had. So, you know, we're Mm -hmm. adding a significant number of drivers annually to the prohibited status.
0: Yeah. And I'm also curious because I've seen in some uh, articles and some trade journals that... Uh, oral fluid testing is now approved, so can, I'm assuming carriers can use saliva instead of urine now?
1: Well, no, not yet. Uh, The the regulations actually take effect tomorrow, so according to the regulations, you can do oral fluid testing, and for anybody who's not aware, uh, DOT has been uh, urine-only testing ever since its inception, and so uh, we have new exciting times where different specimen types are on the radar. Uh, Oral fluid has been approved for DOT, but the unfortunate side is that no laboratories have been certified yet to to do uh, DOT oral testing. And there's not even a approved DOT collection device. And so when you're, you know, with urine testing, you have a simple cup that you provide a specimen into. With oral testing, you have to put a device in your mouth. And so that device now has to become FDA approved. Uh, And according to DOT, it has to be something that is subdividable. And so, you know, when you provide a specimen into a cup, we divide it into two different vials that are both sealed uh, for the, the diligence of the driver, the due diligence for the driver to be able to have different laboratories confirm the same test. Well, mm-hmm. DOT has taken the stance that saliva must also have a device that can be subdivided. And so um, while that device doesn't exist yet, uh, the, the the thing that seems to make sense to people are like a set of chopsticks that you would put in your mouth and then subdivide and send to the laboratory. And again, that doesn't exist yet. So. You know how long will that take to actually become available to carriers um we don't know at this point uh how far along laboratories are in that process it could be you know end of the year It could be three or four years well
0: it's interesting because it seems like the oral testing came out of nowhere but we've been hearing about the hair follicle testing for years so is there an update on that or or, or can we expect The similar trend for the oral as what we've heard from the hair. What's going on there? Certainly
1: on different tracks, but yeah, you're right. You know, it's again, it's it's exciting because we've been with just urine for so long, and now we have the opportunity for hair, oral, or urine, and how the DOT is going to allow those different specimens. You know, hair testing is. uh, It was proposed. It was actually back in 2015 uh, during the Obama administration. It was mandated to be an allowable specimen once they came up with the regulations. Uh, in 2020 they came up with regulations which were just terrible they were just a disaster uh the the hair testing regulation actually required you to uh get a different specimen type such as urine to confirm the hair and so it was it was just widely panned as, as being a really bad regulation uh there is some information that maybe mid-summer we should see another round of either a final rule or or perhaps more proposed rules with hair regulation so um mm. you know Earlier this year, a lot of us were saying that hair was just dead in the water, but it looks like it might actually have a chance of coming back as well. Uh, you know, the, the different specimens all have different tools. So I've used the analogy of a golf game for a lot of people. You know, the urine testing is just your seven iron. You can you could do everything with urine testing, and we always have. Uh, it's you know certainly not the best for everything, but it gets the job done. The hair testing uh, has a window of detection that can go back ninety days or more, and so it's it's often referred to as a lifestyle test to see if somebody. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. a urine test, if you can avoid drugs for a week, you can typically pass a urine test without a problem. A hair test, not so much. It's going to go a lot further back. So you can definitely decide if it's a lifestyle issue. Oral testing has a very short window of detection for most drugs, particularly for THC, which makes it really good or or as close as anything to determine if you're actually impaired. And so oral testing is kind of like your short game, right? So, you know, they all Mm -hmm. have different uses and, and different ideal applications.
0: Can you uh, speak on the um, the the? Uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce it. Is it is it's kratom? Oh, kratom. kratom. Yeah, you know,
1: kratom uh, here in Tennessee, it's sold at a lot of gas stations. Uh, different parts of the country, it's not as popular or whatever. Kratom is actually it's from Indonesia, and interestingly, kratom is the I, I can't remember the actual in Indonesia, it's been prohibited for many many years. Uh, kratom is considered a very dangerous drug. I think Australia considered it dangerous. Uh, USA tried to uh, prohibit it several years ago, but they were lobbied against. And so they basically just stopped doing that. Um, you know, all, all, we don't do any typical testing for Kratom. It's not on the DOT panel. Uh, it's not really widely tested for even in the non-DOT world, uh, but it is a dangerous drug. It, it certainly has a lot of addiction potential. And the unfortunate thing is it's very hard to step off of uh, from an addiction perspective. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people look at Kratom as a, it, in mild doses, it's it's active as a stimulant. Uh, in excessive doses, it can actually act similar to an opioid. So a lot of people think that you can get off of opioids by using Kratom. The unfortunate thing is you can't really get off of the Kratom and the side effects are, according to Dr. Sentef, RMRO, the side effects are, are just weird. You know, it's just strange stuff that are really hard to get around Kratom, people that are really addicted to it.
0: Wow, okay. Um, Well, listen, we're going to transition real quick to uh, what we kind of, we kind of dubbed as the last call here, where I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions All right, and and hopefully you're not prepared to answer them. So this is just whatever is off the top of your head.
1: Okay. Well, I struggle with rapid fire answers, so do your best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first one is what is the worst compliance advice that you've
1: ever heard? The worst compliance advice you've ever heard is just keep your head down and nobody will notice.
0: Hmm. You've probably seen that in live action before, huh? Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right. So Usually I find out when they said, oh, we were told just to keep our head down and no one would notice and it all shows up, right? (laughs) There's a little
0: bit of work to be done at that point, huh? Yeah. Uh, All right. So then what is the best compliance advice that you've ever heard?
1: Hmm. The best compliance advice you've ever heard. You know, I, I don't know that this is the best, but it's the first one that stuck out is, in, in today's litigious world, it seems like the DOT regulations are considered a bare minimum. So the best compliance investor, is good compliance is do one step above. And so you can't do everything. You can't test everybody. You can't test everybody in every day. But if you'll take the DOT regs and go one step above, at least you show that you're not considering them a bare minimum.
0: No, that's great. That's great. All right. So the next one, we're, we're going to get a little tricky. All right. What was the first concert you ever attended live?
1: Uh, you're asking how old I am at this point. Uh, the, the answer will be REM. Uh, and I think I did get a contact high at that concert when I was uh, roughly 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Now, did,
0: did that is that what sparked you to get into this profession? No,
1: no, no, no. My father started this company 27 years ago. I actually my my background's engineering and surveying. This was not something that I planned, and I think a lot of us in the trucking industry uh, can can say this was not something I ever planned. It's just interesting how we got into it. And once you're here, it's it's it is an interesting uh, profession to deal with for sure.
0: Yeah, once you get in, you never get out.
1: That's so, right. Yeah. That's another way of saying it. Right. <laughs>
0: All right, so the next one is, uh, I, I know you're a father, so what is your best bad dad joke? Oh, I don't Or should I say worst bad dad joke?
1: Oh, no, no, all right, so you, get, you got me with the deer and headlight syndrome. Uh, what do you call a dad joke told by a mother? A faux pas. <laughs> nice, that's a good that one. All right, so the last
0: question, and this is probably the, the, the most important, who is the greatest professional wrestler of all time?
1: Andre the Giant. Wow. His, his acting skills, you know. I mean, it just it, they translated outside the stage. You could, yeah, you know, maybe Hulk, but I, I've always felt like Andre was just the guy. And man, that guy could drink. If you read the story so it was, uh, he was, he, he was quite an impressive all around and a good guy too. I mean, really. Is
0: there a, a certain movie or a match that you think of when you think of Andre the Giant?
1: Oh, definitely The Princess Bride. We all had to watch Princess Bride a <laughs> lot in high school. uh You know, again, I, I have four daughters, so I don't get to watch any, uh you know, many live action events. So most of mine are. are you know, rom-coms and that kind of thing. So yeah, Under mm-hmm. the Giant, uh, you know, throwing rocks at the good guys uh, is definitely <laughs> my thought on him.
0: Grady, listen, I, I've, I've enjoyed having you on and I know that there are going to be changes that are coming up. So I hope you come back and see us with some regular updates on what's going on from the compliance world. But let everyone know how they can get in touch with you. If they've got other questions or um, comments or just want to to, to pick your brain on something that maybe they're experiencing? How can they get in touch with you?
1: Sure, yeah, we we that I think that's something that uh, Workforce QA and CMS both have in common is we really want to serve the client. So thanks for that uh, opportunity. Uh, you can, uh, you know, reach out to the accelerator podcast. Uh, Monty has her information. You can also reach us at wfqa.com. Uh, and we have a really good, deep list of experts that can handle the hardest questions that you deal with. Uh, or you can you know, call us uh, here at CMS, 423 if you're a phone person. So any of those are great ways to reach us.
0: Awesome, yes. And, and like Grady said, if anybody has any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me and I'll help direct you accordingly however I can. So um, with that being said, Grady, thank you so much for a few moments this morning. Uh, let's do it again whenever something else happens. Let me know and we'll be happy to have you back.
1: Anytime. I think we got lots of things coming up. Thanks, Marty. Thanks, everybody.